Lindsay. Hey, Christy. A woman recognized me from the local vegetarian club, but I've never met her before. Her before. Oh, her okay. before. There it is. There it her. is. It's best when you have to explain a joke. Oh, good. That's when, oh, good. That's when they're the best. Oh, you know? good, good, good. <laughs> Hi, I'm Christy, a backyard gardener from Colorado. These days, gardening has gotten very popular, and my friends and I have noticed more and more people picking our brains for tips and troubleshooting about gardening. We're not experts. We just learned a lot about gardening from the mistakes we made along the way. So welcome to Upside Down Tulips, a fun podcast that celebrates gardening gone wrong. Upside Down Tulips. Hello, gardeners. Hello, everybody. And wannabe gardeners. And wannabe gardeners. That's right. And people who love herbs. Oh, yeah. Who people who use them and might be curious about uh, how to get a few of those in their own garden. Because this week we're talking about rosemary. And welcome back, Lindsay. Hello. Lindsay, it snowed again. It sure did. And it snowed in California in Los Angeles County. I think that they might have actually gotten more snow than we did this I time. I think they did too. That's crazy. <laughs> wow, what's happening? And the cold, the cold. I'm so, so tired of it. Yeah, this is like Minnesota cold all the time. Yeah, I and I don't live in Minnesota on purpose. <laughs> and that's why we moved, right? Just picture this like Minnesota all the time, but then take away the sun. Oh, <laughs> no, I can't. I can't. I don't know how I don't know how people survive it. But it's followed us here. Yeah. Well, I did do a little garden cleanup. Oh, yeah? Yeah, the weather was nice a couple, like, last weekend, and so it was I went nice. out and I started to just do a little bit of spring cleanup because it was in the 50s. And okay, what kind of stuff did you do? Just kind of, like, working on my iris beds, because mm. I didn't really clean them up this fall, so just slowly poking, not, clean, not, not cleaning everything up, but just doing a little bit. Yeah, just, like, snipping off some of those dead yeah, leaves. Yeah, those dead leaves. Mm. Yes, exactly. We can't yeah. get to the irises in front of our place yet. It's still under a sheet of ice. Oh, gotcha. it's just north facing, and it's uh, it's gonna be a while. Yeah. Well, we want to have some updates here for folks regarding some spring things. Oh, One, yeah. we have Denver Urban Gardens Grow a Garden Kits are still available. I checked in with Brittany Pimental from Doug, and so these kits that will give you seeds and seedlings. They, she said they have about like 500 left. So really we still? will wow. put a link in our show notes on how you can apply for the Grow a Garden Kit. And if you're not from the Denver metro area, please check out your own community garden center because these uh, community garden groups have this type of program all over the country. Yes. Yeah, and in Canada. Those up. Yeah. Snap them up. That sounds so good. And don't forget now is the time to winter sow. Yeah, that's that's what I hear. An outdoor <laughs> method of seed starting you can do right now. Um, I, you can, if you want information, you can listen to episode 25, take out your jugs and learn how to winter sow or episode 72, more winter sowing, how to bring seeds to life in the dead of winter. And I did some winter sowing this weekend. You did. Yes. I was interested in what I thought you would have started. So I'm curious what all you put, what all you started. I planted 11 milk jugs. Wow. And they are mostly perennial flowers right uh -huh. now. And these are the type of uh, perennials that don't need a little stratification, so they benefit from the freezing and thawing that yeah. happens outside. Yeah. And uh, so I did things like echinacea and um, coreopsis. Oh. 
Uh, I did. I don't know what that looks like. Oh, houses. it's like it's also called tick seed. Hmm. It's a pretty bright orange flower. Oh, pretty. Perennial comes back every year. Oh. So you're gonna you're like populating your garden with some stuff that'll be in it. Now yes, for like I did the duration. poppies. I did columbine, and columbine oh. is usually hard for me to start. Right, it, I can do it if I winter sow it. Uh-huh. I did delphiniums. Oh, I did um, all sorts of really fun, beautiful flowers. Oh, foxglove. I do foxglove every year. Oh, great. So we'll see what we'll see what pops up, and then once it starts to be March, I will start doing some veggies, and then some annuals. Oh, mm, okay. So and perennials start first, then annuals. Yes. A little while later. Yes. These okay. are the plants that just need a, a longer time to just sit out there. And then Mother Nature will decide when they come up. Okay. All right. I'm going to- keep everybody mm, posted on how my jugs do. Yeah. Well, we always, we're so curious about your jugs. <laughs> everybody That's wants right. to know about your jugs, Christy. <laughs> <laughs> and I should also say, Lindsay, that I have this front area of my yard that I'm creating a no-dig garden about. I saw that. I saw some, like, newspaper and things over there in this sort of front border you're creating. Yeah, it was pretty embarrassing for a while because when I did it, I didn't – I put down – cardboard, I put down newspaper, I put down soil, but I didn't have enough soil. You, I, you always think you have enough mulch oh. or enough soil. I maybe had like one-tenth that I needed. Oh, shoot. But we had a couple nice days, so I went to the store and I got some more, some garden, some topsoil and some compost, and I really covered it nice and did another layer and okay. covered it again. The snow kind of helps too because when it snows, all gardens are equal, and it covers right. my <laughs> ugly no-dig garden. So that mound is just a point of visual interest now under the snow. Yeah. My hope, though, is that if I, if I might put one more layer on it and then more soil, that I can just dig into it just as it is uh-huh. and make little holes, and then put in some some plants, some succulents. So, so is so. the idea that the snow will sort of melt; those things will decompose or break down a little, and then you can like put your things in in, in the in the spring. You got it. Oh my gosh, that's great. So we'll see how it goes. idea. I'm excited for it. Mm-hmm. I hear tell you, yeah, as you said, you were maybe going to put some succulents in it, you said? Yes, that's what I think I'm going to do. Oh, uh, that's going to be beautiful. That's yeah. a really good idea. How about your garden? Well, let me adjust my pillow. <clears throat> oh, she's uh, serious I now. am serious Oh, now. she's rolling up her sleeves. She's adjusting her readers. Yeah, I have got, um, a, well, a lot has happened. First and foremost, I need to tell you, I know who killed Rosemary. Oh, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. My own, my own, my very own Rosemary, I mean, outside. And uh, it was me, everybody. Very sorry. sorry. It was me, poor Rosie. I didn't winterize it enough, I think. Not maybe not even nearly enough. And you said to go out there and check and see if it was still green. Yeah. Tis not. Oh, no. Not a speck of green on it. Well, it, who knows? It still could come back in the spring. I'm going to have hope. Yeah. Well, I I appreciate your hope. I um feel like I might have lost my, but I didn't pull it out. Just letting it be there. Yeah. Yeah. Let it be there. And folks, you know, stick around because we'll talk more about rosemary and we'll find out how one really should winterize yep, yep. rosemary. You're going to find out. I'm I'm going to learn about the mistakes that I made. But conversely, in the hydroponics kit inside, the little rosemary seedling is still going. That's so impressive. It's so interesting. Um, it's, it's going slower than anything else is. Yeah, it's going to be a pokey little sucker. Yeah, it's only about like an inch and a half. And like the, the cilantro I planted a couple weeks afterward is uh-huh. already like four times bigger than that. Oh, so, that's great. Yes. I had a piece, one piece of cilantro <laughs> oh, okay, with a good. snack that I had. It's the <laughs> nice. best cilantro I'd ever tasted. <laughs> oh, 
One little leaf. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, my oregano plant in the pot that I have, my indoor herb mm-hmm. garden, has died. Uh, it's in the same group as a bunch of other herbs that are doing great, so I don't know what I did to it. Uh-huh. But in the hydroponics kit, um, I tried a little experiment where I just sprinkled a few um, oregano seeds in the kit on the sponges as mm-hmm. I would. And then I pre-sprouted a few of them in my closet uh-huh. just to see – to do like a side-by-side. And the ones that I just sprinkled straight on there didn't do anything, but I put a few of the ones that I had pre-sprouted – in a little sponge, and like the next day, they'd already like settled in and taken off. So nice. I have some new, very, very baby oregano plants coming up hydroponically, which is great because apparently I need them because I'm killing herbs left and right. <laughs> well, it's smart that you pre-sprouted them. Yeah, and you did you put that in, a, in one of the little hydroponic sponges? Mm-hmm. I, I started it in like a wet paper towel in the closet, I like do that you too. do. Yeah, yeah, and it works. Perfect. Or it sometimes I just put them in the refrigerator also. Oh, that's a good idea. Or mm, I've also just that. done, I've just sprouted seeds in a pa- wet paper towel by the sink so I don't forget to water it. Oh, that's smart. And then when it starts to really smell, then I know it's time. To- it's time. <laughs> and you're like, oh, the what aroma tells here? me. The yeah, aroma those, alarm. Those beans have germinated. <laughs> yeah, they sure have. Um, so that's exciting. The mint is growing. Um, the two lettuces I have, that Paris cost yeah. is like taking over. Great. It's incredible. I've already had a salad. You So you've gone from a piece of lettuce on your turkey sandwich yeah. to a whole salad. Yeah, to a whole salad. It wasn't a two-person salad. It was a Lindsay <laughs> personal salad, but it was delicious. Okay, great. Um, so I might, when the herbs get to a good spot, to maybe repot. Mm. I'll keep them in the sponge and just plant the sponge. Mm-hmm. Um, I might put another lettuce in so that I can just always be reminded to eat my greens. And wouldn't it just always be nice to have lettuce around all the time? Yeah, all the time that's not... Making me feel bad because it's just turning to liquid in my crisper because I just don't think about it yeah. often enough. That is such a good point. Yeah. The lettuce has a way of like getting to the bottom also. It and really t- does. Underneath the broccoli and the celery and the carrots. Yeah. And then you go like, oh, that was spinach. Yeah. And it was now it's just a brown, sad thing that's evolved into a different life form. And oh, I no. feel terribly <laughs> guilty about it. So this is a better way to do it. So I'm kind of into having the lettuce inside all the time, maybe. Oh, good, good, so, good, good. I took some pictures of the roots. Um, I did have a little algae growing on top of mm-hmm. some of the sponges, I noticed, because I didn't clean out the thing, the whole container. A little algae is okay, right? Yeah. I I think that it is, but you don't want it. You don't want any of these fungi or algaes or whatever to take hold. So I just cleaned out the tank and put some new water in and really carefully cleaned off the algae. Oh, nice. Your little babies. Yeah, my little babies. And their roots are so long. So I took pictures of the roots to show you. They're Little babies that then you're going to eat them. My little little (laughs) edible babies. (laughs) Well, folks, we should tell you that if there are words or terms you do not understand, you should check out the Upside Down Tulip Dictionary. Very right. Mm -hmm. Fun and informative. And we can also have that link in our show notes, or you can find it at UpsideDownTulips.com. And we've got fun stuff on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. Lindsay, let's pull some of your pictures of your roots. Oh, yes. Okay, we'll do that. I love that. We'll do that. Um, If you feel like you need a coffee cup that has... The Upside Down Tulips logo on it. And you do. And it also says on the backside, if you make a mistake, your garden will forgive you. It's an important reminder for me to have around. It's carnage sometimes for me, (laughs) folks. It's just carnage. (laughs) You can get some of our merch. We also have, you can get a garden journal or a t-shirt or a sweatshirt. Um, Check the link in the show notes. And please consider joining our garden party. 
which is our club where people throw us a couple bucks each month so that we can pay the bills and keep doing Upside Down Tulips. Yeah. It's a great thing to be a part of. And it's currently the cilantro that I have eaten one leaf of. That's right. Because you can get fun, you can get fun rewards like seeds from our gardens Mm -hmm. or depending on your level, you can get a coffee cup or a t-shirt. Yeah. And we also have bonus information, bonus episodes or bonus pop plays that happen every now and then. And we got a special one happening this week just for the garden party, Lindsay. Oh, yes. Yes. Our excellent and enigmatic engineer has taken all of the Who Killed Rosemary pod plays, oh. all eight of them, compile them together into a hoot nanny oh. of mystery and true crime and humor. A, hoot, a veritable smorgasbord. Yes, they're Rosemary. all together in a collection. That sounds great. We should call the BBC. This is just up their alley. <laughs> this is right up right. their alley. And so uh, folks in our garden party can listen to that. And if you want to listen to that all together at once without having to search through all the episodes, just join the garden party. There's a link in the show notes. But right now, we've got two new pop plays this week, friends. <gasps> we've brought back the wonderful Ask Agnes. Oh, Yes. You're listening to Ask Agnes, a helpful gardening show. I'm Agnes, and I'm here to take the agony out of gardening. We have a caller from New Jersey. Emily, are you there? Hi, Agnes. Very infrequent listener, first-time caller. I have some questions about winter sowing. I heard you talk about it in episode 25, Take Out Your Jugs and Learn How to Winter Sow. But I couldn't listen to the whole episode because I have podcast interests, but a TikTok attention span. So I don't think I'm doing it right. Well, Emily, why don't you walk me through what you've done? I picked a nice winter day when the temps were a little warm for the season so I could winter sow outside like you said. Off to a good start. It can get a little messy inside. So anyway, I have gathered all my sewing supplies. Excellent. The French call it mise en place. I hope it's okay, but I kind of made up my own pattern. That's perfectly fine. Nature's patterns are unique too. It was a little challenging to get my machine plugged in, but I managed it. Machine? And threading the bobbin took a while. What? But when I took out my jugs, the neighbors got all in a tizzy and I was arrested for public indecency. I'm calling from jail. Excuse me, Emily. I think I understand the problem. It's homophones. I teach creative writing at a local community college and know a thing or two about homophones. A homophone is a word that sounds the same as another word, but has a different meaning whether it's spelled the same or not. Episode 25 was not about winter sowing. It was about winter sowing. Winter sowing is a fun and easy way to start seeds outside during the winter. You plant your seeds in miniature greenhouses made from recycled plastic containers, like one-gallon milk jugs, and then put them outside in the snow and freezing cold. Once the weather starts to warm up in the spring, the seeds will germinate at their own pace just as in nature. You don't need to buy any special equipment or grow lights. Winter-sown seedlings don't need to be hardened off. They're already growing outside. The seedlings are hardier and more robust, which means they have a much higher survival rate. Oh, I always get so and so mixed up. There, there, there. Feel better? Only so-so. Oh no, why is that? My husband asked me to sew his pants, and now they are buried in my garden. So he doesn't have any pants to wear so he can bail me out. And that's all the time we have for today. Bye-bye, Emily. Another garden saved. So many garden questions, so little time. 
So we'll have more of Ask Agnes in our next pod play. But right now, we're shifting over to our topic of the day, rosemary. Rosemary plants. Yeah. And it's interesting how we came to this topic because we were going to do something entirely different. But we had so much fun talking about rosemary. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we have the Who Killed Rosemary series. Yeah. And herbs are what the the topic that people request the most on Upside Down Tulips. Is it? it? That makes sense to me, actually. I mean, it's the one that I have a lot of questions about. Sometimes it's fun to just do a deep dive on Mm -hmm. one single plant. Mm -hmm. And everybody loves rosemary, but they're tricky. Yeah, I didn't realize how tricky they were until I, well, killed my own. Um, (laughs) Right. Yes, right. (laughs) And and then one sort of mysteriously sprouted, although apparently it's quite hard to get them to germinate. Yes. Uh, and, and yeah, I, I'm very, and then I did some, yeah, reading some research for this and I was like, it is, they're pretty tricky. It's a great plant though, if you can grow one. This is a perennial, which means it comes back every year. Mm. Um, it gets its name from Rosemarius officinalis, which is the Latin word, rose meaning dew and maris meaning from the sea. Oh yeah, mar, maris. So it's dew from the sea. Oh, that's so pretty. Which kind of makes sense because rosemary is from the Mediterranean. Right, right. Uh, the ancient Greeks believed rosemary to be a memory aid. Mm-hmm. And students would often wear a branch in their hair. Oh, really? Yes. I have heard it suggested even still, like by some, you know, some groups will su- suggest if you're about to study or go take an exam, uh-huh. or like inhale rosemary or bring some with you. It like stimulates your memory and your nice. learning. That's what they say. That um, for in previous centuries, if you want more fun facts, Lindsay. Yes, oh, I love fun facts. Rosemary was used to kill germs and disinfect. Hmm. And rosemary would be burned in the rooms of sick people. Oh, it's like a purifying yeah. or a cleansing? Uh-huh. That's interesting. Um, in many Mediterranean cultures, rosemary is thought to bring good luck to newlyweds, and baskets of rosemary are offered to couples at their weddings. Oh. Which I've not heard it before. Yeah. I've also heard it can. It's good in terms of grief. Oh, interesting. And the smells can help mend a broken heart. I hadn't heard that. That's a new one. I have heard that they... um. In medieval times, women would wear it sometimes in their bridal veil. Oh, sure. And they would give it to the guests, as you say, as like a um, the wedding guest is like a token of love and oh, fidelity, sort of. And nice. Virtue. Uh, I've heard that um, it's a symbolize of a woman's fidelity, mm-hmm. and a man who is unable to smell its aroma isn't worthy of love. Oh, that's a harsh sentence right there. <laughs> what if he's just stopped up? Yeah, right. <laughs> what if he had COVID? Yeah, what if, he has, what if he's got allergies? That's a that's a tough one. But you know, they say what they say. I don't make the rules. You know, they say things. They say, and they say things they all the time. They know what they're talking about. <laughs> they also say, this is about between the sheets, that rosemary oh. is an effective way to combat sexual dysfunction. Oh. I don't know how you would use it, though. Yeah, I'm not clear on that. <laughs> Just roll around in it and yeah. hope for the best. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> It's as good as anything. Why not? That sounds awesome. (laughs) Well, should we talk about how to plant it? Yes, please. Okay. Let's talk about that. So we said this is a Mediterranean plant. So that means it needs everything as if it was in Italy or Greece, right? Right. So it needs full sun, Mm -hmm. well-drained soil, and airflow. Right. Now here in Colorado, we can guarantee the full sun, Mm -hmm. but we have trouble with that well-draining soil. Oh, yeah. It's not a – you got to kind of work, especially if you're planting them outside. 
Yeah. You kind of got to help create that yeah. for yourself. It's true for a lot of herbs too. Yeah. They're all sort of from the Mediterranean. Mm-hmm. So just picture this little rosemary plant, you know, on the cliffs of, of Naples or on the, you know, beaches of Greece. Right. With a nice wind coming through. And they're not and sitting in this like clay, <laughs> stodgy, <laughs> right. thick. Yeah. Yeah. So the soil temperature should be around 70. This is what they say. These are ideal, right? Okay, ideal. 70 degrees, which I'm like, 70 degrees? Like that doesn't happen. That's yeah. Like, that's like, yeah, that's That would happen. Warm. That'd be way late yeah. in the spring or summer. Yeah. Um, and it can be grown as a perennial shrub in zone seven or warmer. Uh-huh. Um. Rosemary can be grown from seed, but germination rates are generally quite low, and seedlings are slow to grow. It can take two to three weeks. Okay. Just to get it to germinate? Yeah, so that's why I'm so impressed with your little rosemary Hmm. plant. Well, I'm impressed with it too now. Go, little rosemary. Yeah. I'm going to have to give it a name and some encouragement. You should, yes. I will. Anything that I can do. You could call it Dew from the Sea. Oh, (laughs) Dew from the Sea. I might might have to shorten that just a touch. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't look that impressive yet. Yeah, it's too tiny. Mm -hmm. Um. So most folks really recommend that you start a rosemary plant from a cutting or you buy an established plant because mm-hmm. otherwise it's going to take you eight to 10 weeks. Just to get a little seed. To get a little seed. I know. I'm curious what this little guy is going to do. Yeah. It is going. Oh, but you it take is a picture slow. of that too and we'll put it up I on will. Facebook. It's adorable. Okay, cute. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an inch and a half. Um, so if you live in colder areas other than zone seven, um, like here in Denver, yeah. we're zone 5B. Mm-hmm. Um there's two recommendations. Please. And one is to bring it in. Aha. Uh-huh. To overwinter it, mm-hmm. which we'll go to in a little bit. Or two, you there are some more cold tolerant varieties that are out there. Okay. And that's what I have. My variety is called ARP. A-R-P. ARP. And it, it can withstand temperatures down to minus 10. Really? That's a hardy rosemary. And now- That's cold. Very, very true. Um, if you folks, if you want to bring in your rosemary for the winter, um, many people recommend repotting it mm-hmm. um, with excellent drainage. Yeah, because rosemaries do not like to sit; they don't like their toes wet. They don't right. like to sit in water. Which means it's interesting that it's working in a hydroponics kit. Yeah, it it is interesting. I really didn't think about it until now. What it's doesn't seem like it's natural. Yeah, that comfort is interesting. Zone, but you may have to repot it soon. Yeah, that might have to happen soon. Yeah. Carry on. Um, so when you bring it inside, you have to give it plenty of light. Mm-hmm. And um, and it might need a, to acclimate to a light diet. And by that, I mean, like, it's going to get less light than it would than it, if it was outside. Yeah. So you have to, you, you, might, you may need to give it extra light and give it little um, grow lights for a oh, while. Okay. And so this is like when you're bringing it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this also like like a reverse hardening off? Perfect. Where yeah. you give it a little less light at a time to get it used. Yeah, to give being it. Li- yes, that's right. Exactly right. Um, you may need to elevate the humidity also. Okay. So what's interesting is that this little and then so in Denver, right? Mm-hmm. You may need to right. mist it, okay. but don't water it too much. Right. So at least this is this is a delicate little area because it wants to be consistently. Moist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so go on and say it. Yeah, I said it. I said moist. Shout out to moist. <laughs> I know. I hesitated there for a I second, know. didn't I? <laughs> um, it wants to be consistently moist, but it doesn't want to be wet. 
Right. So you don't want it to completely dry out. Uh-huh. And you may, but it wants humidity. Its leaves want humidity because it takes in moisture that way. Okay. So you want to, you may need to spray it. And also it likes air circulation. It likes, you know, the Italian winds to come through. Right. So you may need a little fan. So it's my, it's a little bit of a high maintenance. It's a little fussy little herb. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. So that's why I leave mine outside uh-huh. and I overwinter it. And when I see the temperature go below 20 degrees, uh-huh. then I put a frost blanket on it yeah. and a little bucket. I don't know why I do the bucket, but I do. And then I, I notice it's going to get up and the lows are going to be in the 20s this week. So I'm going to let it get some sunshine. Uh-huh. But it's still all fully green. That's good. I <laughs> I just mulched mine a little bit and it wasn't even good. I think it was straw, which maybe isn't the best mulch oh, choice. It right. just happened to be available. Straw would be okay. Yeah. Did you cut it back, Lindsay? Um, I did. It was so small. Oh. I didn't cut it back because uh-huh. there wasn't that much to cut. Gotcha. I should have. I sh- there's a lot of shoulda, couldas on this one. <laughs> I, it's a learn. I had to learn, y'all. Well, I've killed learn. rosemaries before too. Yeah. I mean, when I, that rosemary I have out there was one of three. Oh wow! Of which I have one left. Uh, it looks great, though. But now it's in its third year, so I think it might be established. Okay. So I mean, what kind of? I also planted it near a tree, uh-huh. so that would get some protection from the winter. I don't know if that helps or not. Oh, that's an interesting Ooh. idea. And I also put a little bit of, I put some compost to really help the drainage. Oh, in, the, in the potting hoil. Right. So that I, makes sense. And I dug a $5 hole for a 50-cent plant. <laughs> so I put more energy in that hole, a big hole with a lot of compost. So it just so it would help with drainage. Yeah, but it's like it works it, in the end. That will be a $50 plant. Yeah, I hope it gets or bigger. Five, we'll see. Yeah. I did harvest it this year. And I um, and we'll talk about harvesting when we, we come back from the break. Okay, yeah. So. They're so worth it. Mm-hmm. Rosemary's so wonderful. Mm-hmm. I got a little bit of rosemary dried from um, a friend's uh, plant, and I had it in a jar for months and just used it. Every time I opened it, it's like heaven. And you know, when you buy from the grocery store, it's expensive. Yeah, it is. It's expensive. A lot of herbs are, and then you can't use all of them, and then they don't keep forever, and so much nicer just to be able to snip exactly what you need. Yes. Well, when we come back, we'll talk about troubleshooting pruning and harvesting oh good and uses for rosemary yeah that's right some fun ones but let's have some more ask agnes all right agnes tell us all about it and we're back you're listening to ask agnes a helpful gardening show i'm agnes and i'm here to take the agony out of gardening we have a caller dolores from duluth are you there hi agnes First-time listener, first-time caller. I heard you talk about winter sowing in episode 25, take out your jugs and learn how to winter sow. I'm excited to try this outdoor seed-starting method, but I have some questions about what kind of container to use. Go right on ahead. You betcha. You said that winter sowing containers can be made out of items you throw out every day like milk jugs. That's right. Could I also use a water jug? Yes. Juice jug? Of course. What about food storage containers, takeout containers, or deli containers? Yes, yep, and yes sirree, Bob. Two-liter soda bottles, ice cream buckets, yogurt cups, spinach bins, plastic tubs, Ziploc baggies, rotisserie chicken containers, plastic drinking cups? Yes. And two-liter plastic vodka bottles? Dolores from Duluth, I teach creative writing at a local community college. Like writing, guarding teaches us there is no limit to our imagination or where we find our inspiration. So there really is no limit to the type or shape of containers for winter sewing. But there are a few important rules to follow in order to choose the best. Winter sewing containers should be made out of plastic. 
They must be transparent so that sunlight can shine through. Each one needs to be deep enough to hold two to three inches of soil. They should also be tall enough so the seedlings have plenty of room to grow. Don't forget to include excellent drainage and ventilation. When it comes to choosing winter sowing containers, the final decision boils down to what you prefer and what's available to you. Oh yeah, and what about those annoying bakery containers that just fit one muffin? A perfect choice. And what about two liter gin bottles, two liter rum bottles? And that's all the time we have for today. Try to contain yourself, Dolores from Duluth, and check in the show notes for a link to your local AA. Another garden saved. So, Lindsay, were you a little nervous about doing a Minnesota accent in front of uh, me being from the great state of Minnesota? Uh, I definitely was. Well, I was impressed. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> I was definitely, I was like, this is uh, an actor's nightmare. <laughs> You did a great job. She's going to look at me so askance, but... <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> Thanks very much. Hey, everybody. We just thought of a really good name for Lindsay's little baby rosemary seedling. Oh, yeah. This is a to shorten do from the sea. It has been suggested I shorten it to doofus. And I think that that's right. I think that feels right. You know, that excellent yet enigmatic engineer is worth every penny you yeah, pay him. truly. <laughs> That's why he gets paid the big bucks. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna double his salary. <laughs> yeah, do, do. It's time. He's earned it. Yes. Yeah, okay. Let's talk about some of the things we do to troubleshoot problems with rosemary. Yes. So, indoor or outdoor, mm-hmm. rosemary plants are very susceptible to powdery mildew. This is the one that gets everything I touch. Mm-hmm. Do you get I get it on my cucumbers? Oh gosh. I got the cucumbers, pumpkin leaves, got mm, it on the mm-hmm. zucchini leaves, and then other things that it was around started to get it. And I just thought it was staying on top of it, but I wasn't. And if it gets on my the herbs, that's just heartbreaking because yeah. you can't eat those leaves then. Well, it's good to stay on top of it. Mm-hmm. And I do this with my cucumbers and my pumpkins and my zucchini okay. every year, is that I will make a little mixture mm-hmm. of one tablespoon of baking soda, mm-hmm. one half teaspoon of liquid non-detergent soap, like a clean soap, like Castile. Is that like a like a Dr. Bronner's or something? Yeah, yeah, like yeah, that? exactly. Okay. Yeah, okay, I have that. And then one gallon of water. So essentially, you have a mixture of baking soda, soap, and water. Okay. And I usually start spraying outside mm-hmm. in July to try to get because by you know by the end of August everything will be covered with it. Okay, yeah, you have to get on it so fast. Otherwise, as, as soon as there's a spot, I'm like, oh, well, that's the ball game. Yeah, and then get rid of those leaves. Yeah, okay. Pinch them off and don't put them in the compost pile. No. Throw them in the garbage. Throw them out. Sorry, compost. Sorry, leaves. Yeah. <laughs> no. feels so wasteful, but it is like yeah. less wasteful than spreading it to everywhere else. Yeah. Um, and so that would also be true if you if you see it on your rosemary mm-hmm. plant. I've not seen it on my one outside. Okay. So I like this choice better than I mean, I have some neem oil. Yeah, that totally it's that's great. a thing people talk about. Yeah. But the question I have is, does it change the flavor of your herbs? Oh. If you're spraying it on the leaves, I would imagine yeah. it does. It's pretty strongly scented. Neem oil, yes. Or even in the if you put it like in the soil, so yeah. it soaks it up. That's interesting. Does that change the you know, flavor? I put neem oil and neem oil would be really is would be most beneficial to get rid of bugs. Oh, okay. That's better. That's more buggy thing than an antifungicide. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's good to know. Um, and that's interesting. Would it change the flavor? You mm-hmm. could just you could just rinse it. 
That's true. Yeah, that's true. I would suppose. Yeah. You know, one thing I do know that does change the flavor of rosemary is fertilizer. Oh, really? Most herbs don't need much fertilizer. And if you have it inside, you might need more uh-huh. because it's not using the nutrients of the earth. Right. Or if you're in, hydroponically, you would mm-hmm. you'd have your nutrients right. that you would put in your water. Um, but the more you fertilize herbs, the more of the oils get taken away because you'll just have a lot more leaves. And you want the plant to invest its energy into the oils. Right. So with more leaves, it kind of spreads those essential oils yeah. and that flavor out. And it's spending time growing as opposed to concentrating its oils. Oh, so okay, while I will sense. fertilize and feed all my garden, uh-huh. but I will not, I, I don't do my herb bed. Okay. That's good to know. Interesting. Maybe a little inside, not outside. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's good information. Um, another thing that can happen to rosemary plants is that it can start to turn yellow. Okay. And the overall growth will slow down. And that can be, if you're inside, that could be that the plant is root bound. Oh, I have heard this. Rosemaries get root bound pretty easily. And some plants don't like it. And then they need to like, like it's almost like you need to repot it every year or something. Yeah. So like it's, aloe veras, it's aloe veras love to be root bound, rosemary stone. So interesting that, so they really got to like, those roots get spreading pretty fast. Yeah. Right? yeah. All right. It's a hard working plant under there. Oh, isn't it? It is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really working hard for us. Well, here's to the day when you get to prune and harvest your <gasps> rosemary. I can't wait. Um, Although it could be long. At this rate, it could be <laughs> a little while. Be but little for while. those of you out there who are also in the position, like if, for example, if you live in Oregon, in the in that Pacific coast, people can have rosemary bushes that are like four or five feet. Oh my wide. gosh. That's I just want to sit next to that and smell it. I think mine is like maybe in the height of summer, maybe it's like 12 inches. Okay, different. But it's pretty good still, though. Pretty like, good size, right? Yeah. Um, make sure you use sharp scissors and clean pruners when okay. you harvest it. The best time to prune is in the spring. Oh, okay. Um, it is you want to cut the stems back about a third of their length so the plant will stay bushy mm-hmm. and won't and will stay well shaped. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can, I don't do this, but this is what they say. Yeah, the what they the they the yes. they that says stuff. <laughs> Make your cuts just above a set of leaves on the stem, which is where a new growth will happen. Okay, and just kind of just do a general hacking. Yeah, a general <laughs> a general third hacking. Right. <laughs> and if you are harvesting for cooking from time to time, focus on the most tender leaves at the top two inches of mm. each stem because they'll get the tendency to get more woody right as it goes down. right because it's a shrub yeah yeah um try to leave at least six inches of each stem behind so you don't deplete the plant too much right oh my goodness i have to wait for it to be even more than six <laughs> inches deep. Right. this could be a next year update but yeah. that's okay if you're they- obviously very patient though if you planted a little yeah. rosemary seed. If it lives to next year, I'm going to consider that to be a real success. <laughs> uh, the main reason I use rosemary is in the kitchen. I was going to ask, I bet that you're a great cook. Oh, thanks. You do cooking and canning and yeah. I'm just curious, what do you, what's your favorite thing to use rosemary for? Uh, well, I think it's really good on like ba- on roasted potatoes. Oh, yes. So we yes, use yes, that yes. a lot. It's great for chicken. I, it's really good for grilled meat. Mm-hmm. You can take a branch and brush brush the meat, you know, with some salt and some um, oil. Yeah. So. And you just put the branch like right on yeah. top and let the yeah. flavor absorb. Yeah. Mm, that sounds wonderful. 
Um, a lot of people will do it and make an infused oil. Mm-hmm. I've done it myself before as a as a hair tonic. Yeah. So in reference to who killed Rosemary, yes, that was last week, and that rosemary is really great for your hair. Yeah, it's, it, it makes it fuller and yes, fuller, shinier, thicker. In fact, I read an article that said it has some of the same natural ingredients that Rogaine will have in it. Really? Um, I'm gonna get. I have to say, your hair does look very full, thick, and shiny. Well, I just actually just got it cut. Oh, yesterday looks nice. And little inside tip. Yeah, yeah. My hairdresser's name is Tess. Oh, so, okay. and also Edith's hairdresser. Uh, hello, Tess. Tess got um, a little shout out in she this did. last. That's right. In that last play. Um, mm-hmm. But I will. <laughs> I will infuse some rosemary in some olive oil. And put it in the microwave for a couple of minutes and yeah. then do a hot oil treatment with my hair, with rosemary oh, in it. Oh, that's a great idea so, that I'll have to use next year sometime. That's right, that's right. People also do it with honey. They'll uh-huh. infuse honey with rosemary, which that sounds amazing. Oh, my God. That sounds actually just delicious. People do it with vinegar. Uh-huh. Uh, make rosemary salt. Oh, ooh. I want that. That would be wonderful on me. Rosemary lemonade. Yes. That'd be good. Yeah. Or make a simple sugar. And include rosemary. Oh, like a rosemary yeah. lavender yeah. even would and be nice. I saw a recipe for rosemary pesto, but that felt like too much rosemary. Here, yeah, you a little dab would do you. That's a lot of um <laughs> that's a strong flavor. It's yeah. an overpowering flavor. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um and then I put people also will make like uh, an Epsom, a bath Epsom salts out of it. Oh, that sounds so wonderful. Okay, here's a recipe. Ready? Okay, give me up. Two cups Epsom salt. Mm-hmm. One half cup baking soda, mm-hmm. two to three tablespoons of fresh rosemary, finely chopped, six to eight drops lemon essential oil, and two to three tablespoons of lemon zest. Wow, lemon zest in your bath. Yeah, okay, and you combine that, you combine it all together, and then um, store it in an airtight container. And then throw it in your bathtub. Oh, that, I bet that's an invigorating bath. It sounds really nice. All I that think. zest and rosemary, that sounds It'd be nice. a fun Christmas gift, wouldn't it? Oh, yes. Yes. Um, you should probably put me on your list. Okay. Done. I need to go on your Christmas <laughs> list. Done, done, done. Um, I love putting rosemary also in my um, pumpkin, like not pumpkin, although that would be good too, but like butternut squash soup. Oh, a little, yes. like some rosemary in that. That's that a really would be nice really flavor. Good. Yeah, it's delicious. It's a good time for it right now. It's a cold, needing warm, stick to your bones yeah. soup kind of time. Yeah. Uh, what about witchy uses for herbs? Okay. With the, the witchy stuff for rosemary is fun. Um, it's apparently, it's um, in old witchcraft, it was one of the, um, it's like one of the most primary herbs in old world magic. Um, strongly uh, associated with Aphrodite or Venus, depending on which pantheon you ascribe to, I suppose. (laughs) The Romans or the Greeks, is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. As you'd mentioned before, it's been thousands of years um, used in rituals. It's used to burn, to purify a ritual space Mm. before working your magics. Um, And a rosemary bush in the garden was said to attract elves and repel thieves. Oh. So you're well set up with your uh, garden That's rosemary. Right. Plus elves minus thieves. Plus elves minus thieves. That seems like what you want mostly. Yeah, I think so. Um, and uh, some people you say suggest planting it by your front door for protection. Oh. Um, or use it in your kitchen witch spells for love, Ooh. associated as it is with Venus. 
Um, and it's, uh, of course, delicious, but it says to include it in a red meat dish, um, which blesses it for passion. Ooh. Ooh, see, another thing. Mm-hmm. And then roll around and in it. And then roll around in it. <laughs> and that's like a two prong attack. That's a two prong yes. approach. Um, we talked about wearing it, like using it during exams to improve memory. Um, it also has been used traditionally for fertility sachets, mm. adding it and some pennies for reasons uh, to hang over your bed and assist with fertility or not, as the case may be. If that's not what <laughs> oh. you're shooting for, um, you get that out of there. Get that that's right, right. <laughs> out of there. Um, check your sachets, people. <laughs> yeah, chuck them. Chuck them right out. Um, it also suggests for home cleansing to add it to dried orange peel or cinnamon um, mm. as just a home cleansing uh, or make it, you know, uh, a wreath out of it for your hair for your wedding day. Rosemary. Um, yeah, rosemary. So, so many. That's just like scratches the surface yeah. of the uses, really. Dew of the sea. Uh, check out the garden party, folks, if you want to hear all our Who Killed Rosemary, True Kind pod plays. And if you have a plant or an herb that you're interested in us doing a deep dive into, let us know. Oh, yeah. That would be wonderful to know what yeah. people are most interested in yeah. hearing. Write to us at UpsideDownTulips at Gmail. Hey, Lindsay. Hey, Christy. Guess what time it is. What time is it? It's mailbag time. Ring, ring. Oh, good. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, this week, we have a letter from Donna from Florida. Okay, Donna. Let's see what you got to say. Hi. I just listened to your hydroponic podcast. Well, thank you very much, Donna from Florida. Uh, for Christmas, our son gave me a kit. I love it. It has 12 capsules, which to start, I only planted six. So far, basil and parsley are the fastest to grow. Last week, I went hog wild, planted cucumber, zinnia, lettuce, and cosmos. Today, all of them sprouted. That was fast. Oh, that sounds wonderful, all those zinnias. I would like to grow strawberries, but so far haven't found seeds locally. Looking forward to see how your garden is growing. Take care, Donna. Aw, thanks, Donna. Donna, that's so great. Oh, that sounds beautiful. Well, and I'm so impressed that she wants to grow strawberry from seed. Yeah, is that's also hard. They, yeah, it's something people do cuttings of often. Yes, well, I've bought strawberry plants before, mm-hmm. but to grow from seed, mm. um, that is... Yeah, let us know how that goes. That's cool. I'd be excited if it got. From my research, it can take two and a half months for a seedling to grow from seed to show its first true leaves. Wow, that is a slow So we thought rosemary took a long time. Right? That's a leisurely little plant right there. Yeah, but sometimes it's fun to have those long experiments just to see if you can do it, Yeah, just to challenge yourself. Yeah, and um, I looked around a little bit for you, Donna, and it's kind of hard to find strawberry seeds. So because people expect you to buy them and use the plant. Yeah, but check out Johnny Seeds. Okay. They have, they've got strawberry seeds. And please let us know how it goes. And send us pictures. Yeah, oh, pictures. Love pictures. And can I tell you another funny story about Donna from Florida? Oh, yes, please do. So we started like emailing back and forth and just sort of chatting back Uh and forth. And she mentioned that her daughter is also a theater director from Minnesota. And then I recognized Donna's last name and I went, is your daughter Lisa? And I know her daughter. Oh, no kidding. Isn't that weird? What a funny so small world. Oh, yeah. I love that. That's so good. Well, if you have small world stories, folks, or you have want to celebrate what's happening in your garden, you have questions, comments, observations, cash. <laughs> <laughs> 
especially maybe that last part. Yeah. You could write to us um, at upside down tulips at gmail. Or uh, you can check out the website at UpsideDownTulips.com. Hey, Christy. Yes, Lindsay. Do you have any inspiration for us tonight? I think we need some. Let me say that again. It's not nighttime. It's anytime. It's anytime. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any any inspiration for us for any time? (laughs) How about like right now? That sounds great. Okay, yes, I do. This inspiration comes from Terry Guillemets. Okay. The color of springtime is in the flowers. The color of winter is in the imagination. Oh, yes, it is. A good sort of February, excited for my new garden inspiration. That's a great way to stay positive about it instead of just falling into the February dreariness. Keep your imagination alive while you're winter sowing all of those flowers. Yay. And yeah. it's a short month. Yeah, it, that's thank goodness. <laughs> thank goodness. Mm-hmm. Well, folks, we've reached the end of another episode of Upside Down Tulips. We are Lindsay Pierce and Christy Montour Larson. <laughs> and if you got some laughs and some value out of this week's episode, could you do us a favor? Hit that subscribe, like, or follow button wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you so much to Denise Gentilini for composing and performing the Upside Down Tulips theme song. If you want more, go to denisegentilini.com or you can find that link at UpsideDownTulips.com. You can find so many links at UpsideDownTulips.com. <laughs> we do, we don't can. you? Right? <laughs> and thank you to our excellent yet enigmatic engineer. And join us in two weeks for another episode that will delight and amaze you. Now don't forget, if you make a mistake, your garden will forgive you. Upside down to lips. Even little doofus, if doofus doesn't make it. Doofus, we're pulling for you. You got a whole team pulling for you. Doofus! (laughs) Oh, doofus! Don't die! (laughs)